Hello, and welcome to our new episode of Investing Beyond Borders, a podcast from Miranda Law Firm that brings you regular insight on investment opportunities and legal and regulatory updates from throughout the Miranda Alliance world, all in around six minutes. This week, our roundup includes news on energy transition and sustainable development on various continents, Cote d'Ivoire's thriving private power generation sector, PPP opportunities in Cameroon, and other exciting news from our various jurisdictions. We hope you learned something new. Sit back, relax, and enjoy investing beyond borders. Teresa, over to you. Our roundup this week kicks off on the energy transition front, with news that the African Development Bank and the International Renewable Energy Agency signed in Abu Dhabi a declaration of intent on working together to advance Africa's energy transition. There is hope that this partnership can contribute to ending energy poverty, which is one of the continent's greatest paradoxes and barriers to socioeconomic development. According to Irene's Global Renewables Outlook report, Sub-Saharan Africa could generate 67% of its power from clean renewable energy sources by 2030, while other studies have shown that the energy transition could boost African GDP, improve welfare and help create up to 2 million additional green jobs in Sub-Saharan Africa by 2050. A great example of a strong, private sector-led, energy-independent nation on the African continent is Côte d'Ivoire, where relatively recent market-driven legislation and private sector investment supported by the World Bank has created close to 100% grid connectivity and the capacity to meet national power demand, while exporting surplus production to neighboring countries. The strength and stability of the local power sector has, for instance, led the country's private sector pension fund, CNC, to look to increase its investments in Aeronove, one of the local electricity production and distribution players. In Angola, ANPG, the National Oil, Gas and Biofuels Agency, has just announced that it finally intends to launch the licensing round for onshore oil and gas blocks in the Lower Congo and Kwanzaa basins, which preliminary studies have shown to be highly prospective. While the Lower Congo Basin in the Kabinda province has had oil production for decades, other onshore areas of the national territory are yet to see similar levels of activity. Speaking of Kabinda, news has surfaced that the World Bank and the African Development Bank will be financing an important project for the improvement of drinkable water distribution in the province, which will be implemented on a PPP model. In the meantime, and on a topic of great importance to Africa in general that we have discussed before on Investing Beyond Borders, the Angolan government has been proceeding with the discussion and adoption of measures required to bring into force the African Continental Free Trade Agreement. In line with this effort, the Angolan authorities have just finalized their draft tariff proposal, including the list of protected products which, after approval by the government, will be sent to the African Union. At this moment in time, Angola is looking mainly to protect goods and products already manufactured in-country. One such product is cement, where Angola actually has a production surplus that could be exported under the new free trade agreement, with five national factories producing 8.5 million tonnes per year and a surplus of more than 5 million tonnes. 
Further along the west coast of Africa, Cameron's push for added investment in transportation infrastructure is continuing, with the announcement that the government is seeking investors for the Douala Bypass PPP project, which involves the construction and operation of a highway and bridge to circumvent the country's business capital. This major project has been estimated to cost 510 million US dollars. In another sign that African nations are increasingly tuning in to their potential in terms of agricultural products, Equatorial Guinea has just signed a technical assistance agreement with the United Nations International Fund for Agricultural Development. The aim is to identify and design an investment program to improve the country's agricultural value chain, with a view to achieving food and nutrition security. If implemented, it will be a welcome return of the IFAD to Equatorial Guinea, where it worked from 1985 to 2016. Agriculture is also part of a package of assistance signed between Mozambique and the German Development Bank, KFW. Besides the 10 million euro credit line for MSMEs and agriculture finance and a COVID emergency grant mechanism, the assistance also includes a 12 million euro grant to the Education Sector Support Fund. Also in Mozambique, the Timane Power Project, in which Miranda and the Miranda Alliance have been involved over the years, has reached another important milestone, with the approval of a significant part of the required debt funding for the project, and the selection of Spanish company TSK as the EPC contractor. The relevant financing will be partially provided by the USDFC and partially by the OPEC fund. In turn, the World Bank has committed 100 million US dollars to the rehabilitation of Mozambique's capital city of Maputo, with a special focus on rehabilitating informal settlements, building the city's first sanitary landfill, and urban planning for sites where future urban growth is expected to take place. Moving north to Europe, Portugal has always been seen as a jurisdiction where sustainable investment, notably in the energy sector, is a top priority. So it was not surprising to hear that the Portuguese risk capital investment firm, Grosvenor House of Investments, has created what it has named its Sustainable Innovation Fund. This fund will seek to invest in innovative projects linked to sustainability by reviewing ESG factors when making investment decisions. Its main targets will be companies involved in research and development activities. Other areas where this investment firm has been active include the blue economy, renewable energy, healthcare and health sciences, agriculture and industry. Finally, in Timor-Leste, a new state of emergency due to the COVID-19 pandemic has just been declared, with no resumption in sight for regular international flights in and out of the country, which is affecting not only local residents, but also foreign investment. In important news for investors, the National Parliament is also currently discussing the ratification of the New York Convention on the Recognition of Foreign Arbitral Awards, which together with Timor-Leste's long-term commitment to exit will be critical for careful investors. We hope you enjoy this episode of Investing Beyond Borders. We will be taking a short break over the holiday season and we will be back on the 5th of January with a special bonus edition, giving a roundup of major projects and milestones achieved in 2020. Please join us again then for more news from the 19 Miranda Alliance jurisdictions. We wish you and your families a happy holiday season and a prosperous 2021. 
This podcast was brought to you by Miranda Law Firm and Miranda Alliance. You can find out more about our worldwide activities and assistance to investors at www.mirandalawfirm.com. This episode was presented by Tres André and Phil Town from our Lisbon office and Luis Miranda from the Houston office. Content was developed exclusively for Miranda by the Miranda Alliance podcast team. Technical support is provided by Catarina Moraes from our communications department. All content is subject to copyright and protected by law.